Winter is coming, bitches. I drink and I know things. Eddard, you don't let your kids keep a dire wolf. That's a terrible idea. You're gonna have to eat every fucking chicken in this room. And all my life I've been knocking men like you into the dust. King Joffrey's parents were brother and sister and he was a fair and wise leader. You don't watch Game of Thrones? No, no, I like that show. It's got dragons and people doing it. And Game of Thrones is complicated. And they would never cancel Game of Thrones. All men must die. But we are not men. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. If you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Right you are, Ramsey. Welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop. Cancel Christmas. We're going back to Winnipeg. Um, it's all over. <laughs> We're here to review episode 5 of Game of Thrones. What? The, the bells. It was a hard watch. Um... <laughs> And we have a lot to cover. Em, how are you doing? Uh, a little shook. A little shaken. A little shook. Yeah. A little stirred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, let's talk overall thoughts of the episode. Just the vibe of the thing. Sure. Um, this was yet another very tense episode. I've been really enjoying the the tension that we're seeing across all these episodes this season. It's um, it's a bit different. Normally when we get one or half an episode of this a season, so it's kind of good to see them just back to back, not being able to breathe. I need like a CPAP machine just to get me through <laughs> this last episode that's going to be coming next week. There's um about four or five scenes in this one that gave me real PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll discuss them all. Um, yeah, this was hard work, this episode. But just overall, I fucking loved it. Um, and I've been hypercritical of Thrones this season. Yeah, I was but... a bit worried. When you said it was a hard watch, I'm like, oh my god, did you not like this? Like, I kind of lived for it. <laughs> I've disliked a lot of stuff this season, which is well documented. But mm-hmm. I feel today, this got Game of Thrones. We've been off George's vision for a while. Same I fuck. feel... We're back to what George is trying to achieve, mm. and we will break all these down. Um, today's episode was more A Song of Fire and Ice than it was Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and that was beautiful. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. to clarify, Song of Fire and Ice is the name of the book series. Game mm-hmm. of Thrones was the name of the first book, mm-hmm. and then they named the show after that from there. So that's what I mean by that. For those of you playing it, at home. Yep. It's more like the books, and it was gloriously grim. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. Start us off, Em. Where did we start? Okay, so um, first up, did you notice any changes in the opening sequence? Well, there was an interesting thing someone pointed out to me that on the band with the dragons, there's actually four dragons. Mm. And one of the theories was that there was a dragon living underneath Dragonstone right. that Danny might summon, but turns out you only need one. <laughs> like, that was, you just need one. <laughs> that was effective. After all the faffing about... One dragon was enough. Didn't so other than that, fire. It was very effective. Yeah, other than that, it was um all pretty looked the same to me. Mm, mm, okay, so I also didn't notice any changes, but I bet you there'll be one next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we we opened the show's episode with um, Varys writing a note to somebody. Now I didn't. I mean, I could have rewound and had a look, but I didn't notice who it was to. Did you pick up on who he was potentially writing to? No. Sansa, maybe? Like, who else Who else is he talking to now? Well, Everyone's dead. <laughs> well, Varys wants to... He wants to get the word out that Jon's a... wants to get the word him. out. So all he does is 
just send a reply all email, you know, send a raven to everyone and you're good to go. You know, sure, once everyone starts, hmm. well, it could have been anyone, all the heads of houses that remain, and you're right, there are none left. <laughs> um, just anyone. Now, one yeah. theory I read, the mm. other thing, he spoke to one of his little spiders, little... Not uh, by sparrows. 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 No. I thought they were sparrows. Maybe. Little birdies. Anyway, um, is she eating yet? Oh, right. We'll get her later tonight. And, like, why would they give lions and spies mm. to him trying to feed Danny? And one of the theories was that Varys was actually about to have a crack at poisoning Danny. Right. Which would be to... Um, which, thinking about it, I want to believe, because Varys... Was kind of shit. Like he wanted to. He was like, "Oh, I'll overthrow," and he was really bad at it. And it went to pieces very quickly. It was very bold. Yeah. I'm like, why? And it was very. Uh, it was kind of very upfront for him. But I guess he didn't. He didn't actively do it. He just spoke to Tyrion about it, and Tyrion was the one who took it upon himself to be like, "Ooh, I'm gonna have to report you, bro." Yeah, and Varys and Tyrion are quite tight they've been through a lot yeah. together and understand the burden of the advisory role mm. to all these psychopath people that would be king um or queen or queen and yeah so maybe it was just a misstep telling Tyrion. but remember last week we talked about how the thing he never makes accidents yeah so but remember last week we talked about how they were talking in the throne room and it was the mm. big echoey room. This week, he talks on the beach to John. <laughs> like, wind blowing everywhere. The honor guard is everywhere. Like, dude, you were way sneakier early on. Mm. Yeah. What do you think of Varys's, um We don't know what the plan was, but it might have involved poisoning, but crack at the next overthrow. Well, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me because he does like to have all these little sparrows do his work for him, do the dirty work. So, um... I think it was very clear to him that John had no interest in the throne, but he knew the people would want it. And he was like, all right, well, if I can't convince John to take it, maybe I'll make it so there's no other option. So that I am assuming that would have been the motivation to poison Daenerys if that was indeed his plan. Yeah, and nice moments when, well, he gets outed. Tyrion goes and talks to Danny, who's stewing a bit and not yeah, look, feeling she too is, well. Uh, she is not pleased. Uh, and that's a, a whole other thing. So he sort of goes up to her and he's like, ooh, so let's chat. And she's uh -huh. all like, someone betrayed me. And he's like, mm, Varys. And she's like, no, John, that motherfucker. Yeah, she was quite keen to throw John under the bus. And oh, she explained it, I guess. She said, oh, because he told Sansa, who told Tyrion, and you told Varys. And mm. I was like, well. To be fair, sure. I mean, she did initially say, don't tell anyone. And he was like, okay. But then he told everybody. Well, he always said he never agreed. He was well, always yeah. going to tell everybody. True. But she would still take that quite personally, um, as you would, I guess. Um, so the other thing I noticed in that particular scene is that Daenerys was looking very worse for wear. She was not, you know, her hair was a little frizzed and she had bags under her eyes and she was looking quite mad. She was looking a little like her brother mm. from early days, uh, Viseron. No, Viserys. Golden hat. Come <laughs> on. Bernie face. Yeah. Yeah. Waking the dragon. Indeed. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So then after that, we we see the inevitable. Danny's like, okay, cool. Well, treason, so you're done. Yeah, and we get this nice moment where Tyrion just owns up to it straight away. And, mm. and this follows on from their conversation where Tyrion's like, nah, you got to back her. You pick someone to back and that's it. Yeah. You, you pick your team. 
no changey, no changey, ch- chains, <laughs> no changing. Um, and I wonder where you were going with that. Yeah, no changing teams, no bandwagoning. Right. You pick your team, you go with it, and yeah. he's like, and this is me backing my decision, and I've yeah. added you as a trader. Well, Lannisters are always very loyal people. The what? Lannisters, as in like loyal to each other, really. Well, actually, that's not quite true. Yeah, as I say, Lannisters are no. the least loyal. Okay, no, I know what I'm trying to say. They they portray themselves as people of honor. They have a code, even yeah. though that's yeah, not okay. true either, really. Well, no, but they historically they pay their have. debts. With... Even even that's not true. <laughs> yeah, Lannisters are full of shit in hindsight. Um, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's, uh, Tyrion has at least always been very loyal and in turn, Jamie is very loyal to him and Jamie's very loyal to Cersei. You know, there, there's loyalty around. Um. It doesn't necessarily go always. <laughs> and he gives him a pat because he felt really bad about it. And then, mm. you know, Varys is straight up. All right. Well, fair enough. I, I, I back your decision. I hope you're right. Yes, yeah, and going, um, I hope ooh, I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, and oof, <laughs> he becomes dragon toast. <laughs> yeah, not the only dragon toast that day. Mm-hmm. So Varys um, is cooked, and we roll on from that scene very quickly. Yeah, I'm still trying to work out how I felt about that overall. I mean, look, every death can't be a a big death. I mean, getting toasted by a dragon arguably is a big death, but um. I don't know, like, I guess at some point most people have to die because this is Thrones we're talking. So I don't know, how do you actually feel about Varys dying? Well, I feel you've been spoiled by the modern run of Thrones where everyone gets a big glorious send-off and big dramatic end after the long night. We all got Jorah and Theon and all their big send-offs. I, I think you forget you're watching Game of Thrones where normally the deaths are mundane and unfortunate and often tragic. For sure, but... Given that Varys is... I feel like anyone who's made it this far needs something else to do. Like, they have a quest to fulfill before they die at this point in the show. And what did he do? And that did sit poorly with me since he's been fiddling behind the scenes. He said, I've known more kings and queens than anyone. And he balked this up badly. <laughs> like, mm. he's, you know, he's lost his game. He, he, he rubbished this and got caught. You know, he only started scheming last week and got caught in, like, one episode. Well, that's what I mean. It seems very uncharacteristic. So did he plan... Does he have some kind of bigger plan is what I'm questioning. Did he know that by setting whatever in motion that he was going to die, but he was okay with it because, you know, his little sparrows are going to carry out his bidding, whatever that happens to be? Uh, Possibly. We might just read it too much. We might see next week. Mm. Um, But I saw no hint of that this week. Mm. Um yeah, his whole betrayal thing happened very quickly. And I know we've been foreshadowing Danny's got some Targaryen in her. <laughs> some mad, some um, bit Impulsive. of uh, naughtiness. <laughs> naughtiness. <laughs> a bit of cruelty. Um, so this isn't a new concept, but yeah. Well, I think at this point in time, like in terms of her wanting to kill him for treason, I think that's fair because she's establishing herself as a queen. Like you wouldn't do this to anybody else but because I'm a queen, you have to die for treason, which I think at a base level is okay. And the very next scene plays into that. So she has another meeting with John, like I told you, dude. Before and- even that, um, what I found interesting, which really um, 
contrasted that is that she's then seen Grey Worm and gives him uh, Missandei's only item that she brought back from her her land. Um, and so, you know, we've got this one very barbaric, strong-headed queen moment of killing someone instantly for treason. And then in the very next scene, she's doing, you know, a really nice gesture of, you know, this belonged to her, I want you to have it. Um, to which Grey Worm just throws it into the fire because it's like, no. Do you think that was sincere or he... Yeah, I think so. He, because, or uh, was she planning the later events that were to unfold and no needed way. Grey Worm on no. board? She had no planning. There was no planning involved in what she did. Okay. Um, she gave that to him because he knew that, she knew that they were in love and she wanted him to have that. He obviously didn't want a token of his weakness and so he, that's why he got rid of that quickly. Um, then after that she goes to see John, which is a... Very awkward encounter. Oh, yeah. So she's like, I told you so. And he's like, I was always going to do that. And she's like, oh, well, back to, you know, being lovers. And he's been very frosty since finding out he's her aunt. Which I kind of find weird given... He hasn't vocalized it. We're just left to assume that's the problem he has. Or does he secretly... Well, no, he's repeatedly said, I don't want to be the king. No, but, he doesn't um, want to be anything ever. No. I feel quite bad for John. He just keeps getting roped into all this stuff, and he's like, I just want to be left alone. Um, Yeah, and she's like, all right, fear it is then. Another yeah. thing saying, all right, I've got to murder everyone to prove my point. Yeah, so let it be fear. Another potential mm. she might have been planning this all along. Well, I don't think it's that. I think it's, you know, like um, like the creators sort of said at the you know making of the episode after this, they were saying, you know, one by one people who have been so loyal and given her good advice have dropped off. Like, people she loved has died, uh, have died. And now that um, John, the first person she's had real feelings for in a long time, is starting to pull away, she's like, well, fine. She's got no Up one. Y'all. A lot of power and no... Yeah, no support. Like, her support's dwindling, and so she's she's acting out. She's letting the, the Mad King gene take over. Um, so... You know, she talks about wanting to go after Cersei regardless um, for future generations. So she doesn't care about murdering everybody now because future generations won't be under Cersei. But Which is dumb logic, but still. Yeah, especially... I mean, she obviously kills everyone. So what generations? <laughs> well, yeah. But She's having kids. She murdered a bunch of kids. But, but that's a real, like, power-hungry way of thinking of, you know, I'll just, I'll just kill everybody now so later it will be good. Like, that's how dictators get away with shit really mm. so um so we can see that she's starting to sort of lean in the you know gain more power by fear not by love so looks like she's leaning toward lean, steering into the skid of that one um so following that we see Tyrion sneak up to find jamie the prisoner right so and i said last week i was a bit I wasn't quite understanding Jamie's motivations. Like, it was just mm. straight up, ah, oh, I know what I'm about, and I've got to be with Cersei. And I'm like, I didn't see it right. And Jamie's, uh, Tyrion's like, what's up? He's like, i got to be with Cersei. And Tyrion's like, why? <laughs> and which I'm like, yeah. I. She crazy. He's had such an arc. And on, one, on the short term, I was very, very disappointed in Jamie's arc this episode. But on a larger scale... I guess not everyone gets the perfect heroic arc. It's Thrones. The fact that Jamie's was so so self-destructive and a bad idea. Mm. Maybe I'll allow it. 
fuck that guy. He stabbed Ned in the leg and Ned had a limp for the rest of the season. I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, that's one way to look at it. Uh, I will chat a bit more about his ending a bit later on when we yeah, get to yeah, that. Yeah, when we get to um, it. But, yeah, so, you know, we see Tyrion beg Jamie just to be like, take her, run away, you know, run away, Simba, and never return. Um, you know, just, just ring the goddamn bells, signal the surrender, and flee, just get out of there. Which I think is quite big of Tyrion, because he's like, you know... Still trying to save his sister, yeah. Yeah, like, oh. Even last episode when he was trying to appeal to her, give up and you can live, otherwise mm. you will die. And while Tyrion's like, oh, I want to you know, save everyone in the city, but he's also trying to save his sister too. Yeah, which is kind of nice. a complex family, that one. Yeah, tell, well, yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. So um, then we cut across to King's Landing and everything's... Well, before, oh, before we move that. on from that okay. tent, we got the very nice farewell of Jamie and Tyrion. They sort of hug it out. Yeah. They've been a real mainstay buddies in this show, but this 100% signified one of them was dying in the next hour. Yeah, for sure. I was watching <laughs> that hug and I'm like, mm-hmm. Which one? <laughs> one or both. Yeah. Both of them will not live at the end of this episode. So, um, yeah, that was quite heartwarming. We've had quite a few of those goodbyes, which is either... And it was, it was nice because they've sort of addressed, like, the... Because Peter Dinklage is such a boss and everyone loves him, you sometimes forget that he plays the imp, the monster, the ugly man who everyone hates, the evil son mm. and stuff, and that's how he's portrayed. Yet, in his timeline, he saved King's Landing itself several times. That like, on the true. Blackwater, he ran that city for a while. He's now working his butt off trying to stop a massacre from happening. Mm. And he's all like, oh, you're the only one who loved me. And I'm like, Tyrion, you should be the asshole. Why are you such a good guy? Like, ah, oh, just... Forever fighting for the underdog. We've got 90 minutes to go, and I just hope for a good ending for Tyrion. <laughs> He's not going to get one, but I would really Look, like I one. I mean, I would like to say surely, but who knows? Mm. <laughs> it's so very hard to say. Um, but yeah, no, spot on. Uh, tricky, tricky stuff. Um, so you're ready to go over to King's Landing now? Yep. In King's Landing. Meanwhile, in King's Landing... Um, we see Ira and the Hound rolling up. We see Jamie turning up at the same time. Everyone's there on a mission, so everyone's got stuff to do. Everyone's got the little adventures happening in King's Landing. Now, I thought this was going to be great. So we've got the Hound on his mission, Ari on a mission, Jamie's in there. Apparently Davos was doing some smuggling, which I worked out what that was in the end. He mm. was he had to get the boat yeah. in there for Jamie. I know that. I didn't. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought he was going to go on some mission to sneak in and didn't ring the bell. Did he say to Tyrion? Didn't Tyrion say to him like, "Go grab a boat"? Yeah, to smuggle grab my in. bro a dinghy. I didn't know he was just leaving the boat there. Oh, right. Okay. I thought he had a other mission. I thought it was going to be cool. There's going to be action happening and all these little actions happening, mm. which is kind of what we got. But then the stakes changed rather rapidly. Uh, yes, yes, they did. Um, so yeah, we see everyone is there getting ready to take their places. Uh, and then we see armies rock up. Danny rocks up on her dragon, roasts some boats. Yeah, so this is, I, I went on about this last week how she lost a dragon and the the ballista were inconsistent in their power. Mm. So they are all over the boats, surrounded the city, and they're like, all right, you're dragon proof, you're good. But all of a sudden, nah, she's like super determined. And just one dragon wastes the fleet. 
Sends yeah. Euron diving into the water. Also, she doesn't take out the giant golden center ship first, I feel. Well, I if you know. When you have the jump on them, take out the big one. Take out the leader, but she takes her time with that. Oh, she wants to tease it out, I guess. But um, I didn't have an issue with that because the last time she didn't... She didn't... I don't think that they really understood that they had these big bullisses that could get them. And so it took her by surprise last time, so she was probably a bit more tactical going in this time. Maybe. I remember last time she was also flying on passion as well. And her dragons were um, not doing so great because they didn't have much time to recoup from things. Hmm. They just had a hundred dead things crawl over them before. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dragons got to rest too. So, uh, so I don't have as much of an issue with that. Uh, but she does indeed roast every fucking one there. <laughs> Yeah, so she takes out all the ballistas and the fleet. Mm. And mm. we is that when we got our first cut to Cersei, who's just standing there watching this, going, it's good, good, I'm smirking. Yeah, she's just sitting there being like, this is fine, this is fine, she'll stop, she'll stop, she'll stop. She got paid like a million bucks an episode just to stare out the window this season. Yeah. She like There could be worse jobs. She had like 20 lions all season. It was a bit disappointing. I've heard enough of her talk enough. <laughs> I mean, so much smirking and. Bleh. But I think that's that's all tied into the character at this point. Like she's all all power, all power purse lips. Like it's I, so I didn't mind that. I thought it spoke volumes of just her, you know, not quaking at all, just being very very firm, very silent. She was a bit. Um... Insane towards the end, like, oh, oh yes, sure. the keep will never fall. Oh yes, the Lannisters will fight me to the last man. And it's like you're 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 insane. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> what a disconnect from reality. And how wrong she was, because moments after that, we see the Lannister army drop their swords. Yeah, so Danny's taken out the defenses. Mm. So she's taken out the walls um, and annihilated the Golden Company. I, I didn't get that guy's name, but the captain of the Golden Company, who's got a lot of like screen time for a background character being like mm. yes i'm the leader of the golden company jesus christ he, had a, he entered the game he exited the game classic thrones <laughs> yeah. so you know that golden company plot line that really panned out <laughs> yeah so um so then denny's perched up on a but no rooftop somewhere just hanging out waiting to see what's going to happen next basically um, so, yeah, we see the army drop their swords, and it looks like, oh, shit, Serena's going to happen. The bells ring. I don't know who rang the bells, but... I think Jamie did. You reckon? I think that's what he was doing. Yeah. Well, someone did. Everyone was yelling about it. Yeah, we're there. And, this, and, and this was the scene. This was the moment of the episode. So, mm. now, leading up to this point, so they've obviously been um, uh, foreshadowing Danny, mm. deciding to be evil Danny. So she loses Jorah. She loses my Sunday. <laughs> my Sunday. Um, her lead spymaster betrays her. She's getting a bit salty with Tyrion. Um, she wasn't popular in the north. She lost the entire Dothraki army. She's had a bad few weeks, and now her boyfriend's giving her, like, playing her a bit hot and cold. Yeah. Um, giving her the cold shoulder. Yeah. Um, the the snow shoulder. <laughs> And so she's feeling a bit alone and she sort of said this and what do you think? She's sort of like sees the keep and like, all right, that's my enemy. And But everyone's like, oh God, ring the bells. It's all over. Surrender. Like, perfect. You won the battle. You didn't have to do shit. You You've... could see, I think um, 
Amelia Clark, that's her name, right? Yes. Yeah, she did a fantastic job of portraying the every step of emotion that Danny is having in that moment. Like you see on her face when she knows that she's won. When Cersei's got nothing and she's like, I've done it, I've done it, I can take this. But then you also see it tick, tick over, I can take this. Mm. And take it, she does. So that's when she decides, again, as the creator said at the end, which I very much resonated with, I'm like, awesome, I get that. She just sort of went, this is personal. Fuck you, Cersei. I'm taking down your whole fucking kingdom and anybody who's in it. And, um, yeah, she just goes insane now and tortures the place yeah and the dragon had an awful lot of fire like what's the ammo situation on a dragon i feel like there needs to be a recovery time otherwise she could have just annihilated that frozen army in like two minutes two episodes ago but anyway um yeah so begin the utter destruction of king's landing Mm. and this was filmed brilliantly because you never saw it from danny's point of view it was always from the Mm. ground and it starts off, yeah, she takes out that army, she takes out that guard tower, she takes out that army, and then as the minutes roll on, you, you, you're still not sure. You're like, oh, all right, she's going crazy, but... But she'll run it in, she'll yeah. run it in. And then, she does not And then the in. civilians start getting closer and closer, and then everything starts getting... And then she's just murdering kids, and mm. oh my god, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, John's face uh, and the Unsullied have caught up to the... Lannister mm. army, who have seen the writing on the wall and thrown down their swords. Mm. And then, this one was a bit confusing to me. Grey Worm just decides, no, nah, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Oh, he doesn't just decide. I mean, he can see the choice that Danny's made. Like, they can see her flying around. Like, they stop and look at her and they're like, all right, I guess we're pressing on. Because um, he's loyal at the end of the day. So, you know, spear goes into somebody's head. And uh, party's back on. And this was also brilliant because... It was heartbreaking. I was like, oh, no. And the same thing happens. All right, kill the Lannister army, whatever. And then they just start killing everyone. And then Mm. things get started getting rapey and pillaging. And then Mm. this was great because it was all shot from John's point of view, who's the, you know, pillar of integrity. Yeah. And, like, these were my brothers I just fought the undead army with. And Mm. we're just as fucking bad. We're murdering people that was about to be rape and stuff. And everyone's just, like, slaughtering civilians. You also see this a lot from Arya's point of view. It was good to see John pull up his uh, teammate and be like, just don't. Yeah, and then he's get like, out. Yeah, and that guy's like, oh, I got a rape. And then John's like, stab. Yeah, like the hell you will, bro. Get out. Um, and we also see Put this from Arya's point of view when she's just decided to become invested in some civilians and help them out. Mm. And the Dothraki just charge through and massacre everyone. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's a little... I don't know. Isn't that quite telling? Aren't they very, like, pillagey-type soldiers? Wasn't that their deal? Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's in character. What wasn't well, in character is the Unsullied. Yes. <laughs> they're the, they're the most disciplined army around. Yeah. So them going all, let's just murder everyone, was a bit... Mm. Uh, they're, and they're following their queen's lead. So well, yes. That's why. I would say so. That's, that explains that. But uh, excellently shot scene. And um, just seeing the terror in Jon's eyes. Uh, even before yeah. that scene, when Tyrion's wandered in town going, oh, this is rough. Like, you all can these see dead him people. being like, oh shit, did I back the wrong horse? This well, this was a mistake. It, he is feeling that at the end, but first he's looking at the bell tower. Like, it was really tense. I thought he was going to run for a bell tower. Mm. 
And it was like, I don't know, ring it. And go, we can save these people. And he's like so relieved when the yeah. bells ring. We've saved them. Oh, I've saved King's Landing again. Oh, we've won. And then murder time. Like, mm. it was insane. Um, Take us to the castle where Arya and the Hound rock up. Are we up to that? Yes. Now, um, one thing that was cool is that in true thrones fashion it's not happy endings um no it's a realistic one and the hound's been all along and the old saying is if you go on a mission for revenge Mm. dig two graves and the hound's like cool and then he gets out of aria and the hound's like i'm doing this i was always gonna do this i've decided this a long time ago you're young you're capable she's going to die by the day's end you don't need to be here for it yeah. You've got to get out of here. He really puts the hard word on her about it, being like, there is there is more to life than revenge. And uh, and she has built a lot of her persona around that. So it was, I, I want to say almost surprising that she actually listened to him. I thought for sure she'd be too stubborn and be like, no, nope, I'm going to go do this. But it was good to see her be like, oh, shit, maybe you're right. Like, and, I have family still. And th- and this is what I'm talking about, Game of Thrones versus A Song of Fire and Ice. So. Mm. Uh, Game of Thrones has been a bit more fan servicey. Heroes get their arcs. Mm. Everyone's a hero, and so we all expected Arya to do some awesome badassness and murder. I don't know everyone. I feel like <laughs> she's Cersei. already done some pretty good badassness. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but then for her to go uh, and actually you know decide uh, maybe not and do a runner while mm. the Hound goes on his mission. Um, it was the only person she'd probably truly listen to about that as well. It was a pretty good um, telltale. <laughs> it was like, this is what revenge gets you, you know. Mm. I mean, this isn't... Probably not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we've got Arya running outside. Meanwhile, and she's she's in the worst place. So she's at the keep. Yeah. And now has to get through the now burning city. Yeah. Meanwhile, not a good spot to be. Yeah. The Hound goes to um, meet Cersei. Now, so... Before this, Cersei's upstairs like, oh, yes, my men will protect me. Oh, she's sitting there just going, because, you know, what's his name? Uh, Quibern. Quibern, yeah. Sitting there and he's like, we, uh, this keep's not going to hold long. She's like, no, no, this is the safest spot to be. This is fine. This is all okay. And Takes then... one arrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're all dead. Eventually, she was just like, fine. Like, I really like just seeing that single tear roll down her face, like the tear of defeat. Well, yes, and I have... I will talk about this a bit later because that's mm. actually part of a prophecy. But Ooh, we'll get to that okay, soon. Okay. So th- she finally leaves. She cr- she a tear. She realizes she's lost. About time she showed some emotion this season <laughs> and head downstairs. Now my favorite. Now all right, they're going down the stairs. Mm-hmm. The hound meets them at the bottom. Firstly, now the record for killing Kingsguards is held by <laughs> Barristan Selmy, who massacred right. a bunch of Kingsguards back in the day. I don't know how many the Hound just took out in three seconds. <laughs> but it was several. But I'm going to have to check the scoreboard whether who's the... I think Barristan Selmy still took out more. But the Hound is now on that scoreboard for sure. In terms of numbers and efficiency, I'm going to go with the Hound. <laughs> yeah. Um, so annihilates them. So now, it's like, thank you, next. <laughs> now this was my favourite part of the, the scene. He's like, brother, I'm going to kill you. And Quiet Bird's like, 
Nah, don't. Yeah. Mm, nah. <laughs> and then the mountain just splats him against the wall. It just like flicks him and his him. head just shatters. And I was like, oh, okay. And we have seen this, well, a few times, but the best one in terms of the mundaneness of how powerful the mountain is, is I think it was at the start of the last season and he's just got his job as a zombie security guard and someone's singing a mean song about Cersei, mm. like picking on her. And then the guy is taking a piss in an alley and he's like, you know, standing there. And then he turns around and the mountain's just there. It's like, oh, the mountain just goes, oh, and splats his head against the wall. Yeah. And it was so oh. confronting yet mundane. Anyway, that's Quiburn. <laughs> and he created him. He's, he's like a real Frankenstein. Mm. And Frankenstein's monster is <laughs> like, splatted him against the wall. But the best part of the scene was Cersei's like, nope, I'm just noped the fuck out of there. Well, I like because she was like, the hound. no, no, you stay here and guard me. And the mountain was just like, bitch, no. <laughs> and the hound didn't even look at her. Like, as I'm not here for you. And so yeah. it's like, man, I'll leave. <laughs> so she's just like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. uh, so then they start See, I am fighting. not wanted here. So let's talk about that fight. The Clegane Ball. We've been hanging for that. Yeah. The helmet comes off. We see zombie head. We get a real good idea into the relative immortality of the mountain yeah it looks pretty gross yeah um i liked how he wa- walked off being impaled through the head but yeah, it was just anyway. like, oh no. <laughs> so they beat him up and the hound loses i thought he had a bit more strategy <laughs> coming in but like at least oberon martel had a strategy whereas yeah. the hound's like i'll oh, just beat him fighting and it's like i don't well, know that's man. Right. the hound the hound doesn't give any fucks he doesn't care about strategy he just he just he's fueled by revenge like he's there's no strategy there he's just mad <laughs> now i may have speed dialed my therapist when he got a hold of his head and tried <laughs> or, to do the or, head squish or, thing again i was like no 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 not like this <laughs> if that happened again i i would that would have been a deal breaker <laughs> if the mountain just squished the hound's head after all that. Like, yeah. It took me years to get over Oberon losing. And I knew it was coming. I read the books. And yeah. I still couldn't deal with Oberon losing gore. that fight. That was gross too. So he, he doesn't quite finish the job, but mangles his face. And then the hound stabs him in the eye, which he seems to walk off. And at this point, it's apparent he's immortal. Yeah. And then we got, I mean, we we knew he was going to die in fire the whole way, and yeah. he was going to die killing his brother in fire, so we got exactly what was predicted there. What beautiful, poetic sort of justice. And he dug two graves, and I guess, like, it was always revenge. In fact, it wasn't a mystery at all, and he, you know, personified. Well, kids. Revenge is gra- bad. <laughs> <laughs> dig two graves. Not worth it. All right. Now, meanwhile... But just watching that, before we even get to that, yep. just watching him just rah and just leap at him and they both go flying through the wall and out the window, cascading into those flames, like, oh, my heart soared in a very sick way. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just, just so poetic. I just loved it. It was just, it was just glorious to see them both go out in the, the blaze of glory you always knew was going to happen. <laughs> very satisfying. Yeah, Ari is doing a runner. Still sad, though. Get going. Um, and this scene was also excellent because it was the perspective of the civilians who are just suffering because of Yay. what all these powerful people are doing. It's really just showing, like, you know, war is hell, you guys. Yeah, and there's been eight seasons of the civilians getting screwed by the decisions powerful people are making. Mm. This is the people Varys was trying to save and Tyrion was thought he was trying to save. 
and they had different approaches. So power sucks, and that, and that's always been the theme of Game of Thrones. Give anyone a chance to be cruel, and they are. Give oh, yeah. everyone power, and they're evil. Like, it just happens every time. Mm. One little detail that I saw and I loved is when Danny was going around annihilating the city, every now and again you saw a green explosion. Yeah. And it dawned on me, because remember the Mad King was going to destroy King's Landing, and that's why Jamie stabbed him. He'd put stashes of wildfire all over the city, because he's like, everyone's against me, I'm going to blow up the whole city, and Jamie killed him to save the day. Right. So I think there were his stashes of wildfire... From nice intertwining you know, detail, yeah, and he never blew up the thing, so which makes Danny finishing his plan yeah. and thus way worse than Mad King. True, yeah. And Danny, I is just now... assumed that was there from Cersei. Like I thought that was you know her plan B after she blew up the church. That's nah. when I last saw. Nah, that, I think so. there were hidden stashes from. Yeah, well, that would make sense. Yeah, and so Danny's fulfilled that, and there's a nice continuity there, and mm. she is a piece of shit worse than her dad. <laughs> yeah. Um. She probably didn't know that they were there, but still. <laughs> now, one thing also on this, Bran's visions mm-hmm. and the pre- future predictions. Um, Bran predicted the dragon flying over King's Landing, and there was the Iron Throne covered in what we thought was snow. Ah, but ash. now it's ash. So yeah. that was a nice little twist on that. But um, yeah, what's our next scene? Right, so um, after that, let's just rewind a little bit because simultaneously with all those things, um, Jamie rocks up through the (laughs) the back entrance to try to save Cersei and meets Euron. This was great because it was like, you know, in sports, you have the popular team and everyone thinks the popular team is their rival Mm -hmm. and like, oh yeah, we're rivals. We're going to take you down. We hate you because they're the big (laughs) team. That was Euron. He was the annoying <laughs> little brother. He's like, oh yeah, I'm, we're, we're destined to fight here today, Jamie. Jamie was probably just like, who the fuck are yeah, you? Yeah, Jamie was, who the <laughs> fuck are you? Jamie's like, what do you want? He's like, oh, He's you're my rival. Dude. I will destroy you. And it's like, who are you? And so they have a fight. Jamie gets stabbed a lot for all that matters. He gets two big stabs and I was like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, it'd be a bummer if Jamie died on the beach and never got to get into the castle and see anyone. It would suck, but I also wouldn't be surprised. Like, that would be very thronesy for Euron to just take him out and be like, ha ha ha. Yeah, and so Euron's like, ha ha, yes, we're rivals. I fucked your sister, blah, 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 blah. Sister lover. <laughs> yeah, and Jamie, like, impales him pushes through, then just walks off, and Euron's yelling, ha ha, they'll know me as the one who killed Jamie Lannister. Jamie's already gone. (laughs) Jamie's like, who was that guy? (laughs) He smelled like fish. (laughs) Some real fisher guy hanging around here. And I loved it, because I hated Euron as a character. Euron was terrible. In the book, he's developed a bit more... And there's a lot more stuff with the Greyjoys. Um, Right. It just seems very arrogant. He's a real tool. Yeah, he was... All these King's Landing plot lines were very weak, and now they're all over. So anyway, Yay. <laughs> he he runs into the thing. Um, Jamie runs in. Yeah, so Jamie hobbles in to see Cersei, and it was very. I was very. Because <gasps> yeah, I'm like, he is do? he going to embrace her? Is he going to kill her? What's he going to do? Because I really could have seen this going any which way, and it was. Um, yeah, it was a real uh, heart stopper moment for me. 
Yeah, because one of the theories is, which I'll get to in a second, was Jamie was going to be one to kill her because it was going to be a, a misdirect from the Valonquois. Which, all right, so let's go through this scene. So back in time, um, Cersei saw a Maggie the Frog who gave her a prediction, right? And it's like, uh, you'll have three. You won't marry a prince because she was meant to marry Rhaegar back then. Uh, you will instead marry a king because she ended up marrying Robert. Sure. You, uh, he will have many children because he has a bunch of bastards, mm-hmm. and you will have three, and which she did. Um, they will have golden hair because they're Lannisters, and golden shrouds because they're all going to die, mm-hmm. and they all died. And what is it? When your tears have drowned you, the Valonqar shall wrap his hands about your pale white throat and choke the life from you. Now, mm. she cried when she realized she lost the battle. And the Valonquois translated from high, to, high Valerian to little brother. And that's why she hated Tyrion. Because she thought Tyrion was going to be the one to kill her. Right. But she's the older twin. Mm. So the other theory was Jaime was going to kill her. Yeah. Now, he was holding her. And they were choked the life out of them by being crushed by the thing. So, And in the TV show, they did not read this part of the prophecy. So maybe linking it is... Um, bit disingenuous right but given we were expecting one of them to kill Cersei or Arya to kill Cersei I found their death a bit unsatisfying okay I didn't like Cersei's death at all she just sat there she lost went had a whinge and waited for someone to bail her out and then Mm. that was Jamie. I also hated Jamie's arc I mean maybe I love that I hated it like what I mentioned before. You so, might need some time to ruminate on it. Yeah, so Jamie had his Check excellent... Check next week, guys. <laughs> had his excellent arc just to decide, oh, wait, now I'm a dick. i got to go back to my toxic relationship and mm. we die together. And I'm like... Eh. That's toxic relationships for you, though. That's, uh, that's yeah. just it. So I was a bit underwhelmed by Jamie and Cersei, the one of the OG characters, mm. just dying that way. I mean, I guess dying together makes sense, but... I mean... It would have been nice to see someone murder Cersei, but, I mean, at the end of the day, all vengeful murders are all the same. It was kind of refreshing, almost, to see a different kind of death, and um, I kind of liked it for Jamie, As the creators said at the, the making of afterwards, um, they had to leave the world as they came in together, and there was a nice... Uh, there was a lot of poetic death in this episode, which I really liked. I like a literary death. Yeah. So I quite liked that. Uh, they, they have a really unusual um, incestuous Romeo and Juliet thing going on. Like, even though sometimes they hate each other, they can't be away from each other. There's just such a pull there that I think there was no other way either of them could have died except together. Yeah, but I just, they've spent so much effort making us hate Cersei that I kind of needed a I needed a Frey death. I needed a Ramsay Bolton death. I needed a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I get that. Yeah. I do. But um, but it was kind of nice to see him go out together. I would have thought that if, if it was a together situation, that it would have been like a... um, Like an actual Romeo and Juliet situation. One would die and the other one would kill themselves having seen that one dead or... Well... So on. The, the one the Clegane's got, the... um. The murder, death by suicide, mm. murder suicide sort of vibes from Jamie deciding, yeah, I've got to kill Cersei, but I I would have to die too because of my mm. weirdness. So yeah, I didn't like 
that. I will ruminate on that a bit because mm. I guess it's fine. All right, what else happened? You <laughs> guess it's fine. Uh, I know it was just you know the way that they were embracing and him saying nothing else matters and it was just like oh it's kind of nice in the really twisted. But if those way. two are the only things that matters, why are so many people dead? Because <laughs> of those two screwing around. Thrones, bitch. I mean, they pushed Bran out a window to start all this nonsense. Also, where's Bran? Why isn't he helping? I was just there's one episode there. left. Does Bran have a point? Oh. Well, we'll get to that later. I think he's gonna probably die next episode because he was all oh, I'm probably not gonna be here for long. Uh, last week um so right okay so after that we sort of you know dial back out Arya sort of seems to wake up after being hit on the head at some point she is covered head to toe in ash everything's covered head to toe in ash um the people she was running with have been burned alive which is which was really sad um she sees a horse looking not too great but rides it out anyway and then um, a pale horse and his name will be death and he will be followed by hell it's actually a Bible verse or something. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, how poetic. Um, so she lives to fight another day, and, and that's that's, uh, and that's where they wrapped it. Yeah, that's where they that's where they brought it. So you can see that there is nothing. There's just nothing left of King's Landing, um, which brings me to a couple of theories for next week. So, um, so that's really in terms of the the recap. That's it. That's that's this week's episode. So now we move to next week. What are we? What are we thinking? Because yeah, I've got a couple of ideas. Until I saw the next week on Game of Thrones, I was like, so is Tyrion alive? Like, We didn't see him die, but we just sort of stopped seeing him. But then we do see him in the next week on. So he's alive for now, which is great. I was really worried he was going to cark it and I'm, towards the back end of this episode. I was like, oh no, please don't. Not like this. Well, what what's interesting is the big three made it to the final episode. Tyrion, John, and Danny are the three mm. main characters, and they've made it so far. Yeah, to the final episode. What happens then? We'll see. But I mean, at least one of them is going to die next week. I think. Okay, tell me your theories. What do you think is going to happen? I have a couple of ideas. So, um, first of all, Red Keep's gone. King's Landing is gone. Like she took it too far, obviously, and the other is nothing left to rule in King's Landing. So. It's done. King's Landing is done. There is no Iron Throne. It's gone. So, therefore, where is the next biggest place, T? Where else can one rule? Essos? Pentos? Winterfell. Winterfell is the next. No. No, hear me out. So, therefore, um, that's a, I mean, they always go on about wanting to be an independent. Therefore, if they're an independent, they're the next biggest source of power. So, there's a couple of different things at play here. First of all, that then means that Sansa is probably one of, one of, if not the most powerful person left at the moment, given she's in charge of all the North. Um, so are we going to see more of a showdown between her and Danny? Is Danny going to try and take her out? And that's going to be the final straw for John, and he's going to kill Danny. Alternatively, um, the people, or because everyone's everyone's going to see what Danny has done and gone. You know what? We're no longer bending the knee to you because you roasted a lot of people, and that's not cool. Um, so she's going to go crazy and someone's going to kill her. Uh, it will be very interesting if Varys is the one who slowly poisoned her and that's how she went mad. That'd be kind of a bummer, actually. I don't think I would like that, given how far we've watched her come. Um, now there's other things that come into play here too. Now we need to look at who is currently now the rightful person to the throne because the queen is gone. 
And that means that the last people to be sitting it weren't Targaryens, they're Lannisters. So that would mean Tyrion, theoretically, is the next person who should be on the Iron Throne. So that's interesting in itself. Uh, no, because she no. was there via the Baratheon line. But she was still the last queen, so that doesn't matter. It's not like she was queen regent anymore. Right. So you could say she just sat on the thing when I'm the queen, starting a new new um, dynasty. Yeah. All right. So on that logic, you can go Lannister. Okay. Mm, or hell. Gendry, technically, by Baratheon. Well, yeah, that too. Um, so that's interesting, but I don't know that the people would get behind Tyrion as such, and I don't know that he would want that anyway. No. Um, but as we've seen so far, leadership isn't about what the person wants. It's whoever makes you go there as per John. Um, so, so that's one sort of theory. I read an interesting article about how therefore the ultimate power couple will be Tyrion and Sansa remarrying because Sansa knows proper leadership. She's learned a lot from all the shit she's been through. Um, she's doing a great job ruling the North. She was the only one to call Cersei on her bullshit and she was the only one to pull any proper tactics, um, telling everyone to rest the armies and whatnot. But of course, everyone ignores Sansa. Uh, and they have a very good trusting relationship. So that could be an interesting one to see what happens there. In saying that, I don't think she has any interest in ruling King's Landing. But as I said... King's Landing is toast, literal toast. So, um, therefore, they could both rule out of the north, maybe. I don't know. Winterfell isn't the next big city, though. It's no, just the centre of the north. There's Highgarden, there's Castle Rock, there's the. But it's a big region, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, what is the next big region that we've actually seen a whole lot of? Well, that we've seen, right. Yeah. Dawn! God, could you imagine? Maybe Dawn can roll in now and there's like no one left. Dawn is here to save the day. Um, so those are a couple of things that I've seen flying around, but I do think that there's going to be like the, the thing between Sansa and Danny's been fostering for a while. So something's going to happen there. Maybe Sansa will be the one to kill Danny. That would be interesting. Um, but I, I do think that Danny's not going to end up, I don't, I don't think with one episode left, she can redeem what she's done. So I think it's lost for her now. So yeah, my thoughts is it is Thrones, so it can have a bad ending. And Danny, it could end with Danny on the throne. Mm. And it's just, we're back where we started. That would be very yeah, poetic for okay, Thrones. Yeah, this true, all started yeah. with shitty rulers. Yeah. And the aftermath, well, Throne starts with the aftermath of a shitty ruler. Mm. So, all right. So if it's full circle, someone kills Danny. Um, but not someone reasonable. Like, as in, if John kills Danny and becomes the king, that's a happy ending because he's assumed to be a good leader it's if someone else takes control and it all starts all over again mm. but yeah that's what know. i'm saying it's, it's really a mystery it could go either way yeah could oh, they... i just i don't think she's gonna take it or if she does then it will be very much she'll be a feared leader and so mm. you've hit on a few points so who's mm. left um, so Sansa is the wild card because she's been around setting up stuff but hasn't done anything yet. This is her time to do something. Like, yeah, it's so, been very well. I mean, she can't do much, so it'd be a political thing. So mm. you're right that she could marry someone. Tyrion is having his second thoughts now. He's a wild card. Does he? What does he do? There's a lot of foreshadowing in text as well um, about Tyrion being a king. Like there's a lot of 
language things like, you know, the light from indoors cast a shadow as long as a king. He stood as tall as a king. Um, something else Vara said once about big things coming from small people. I can't remember what that one was exactly. Um, but yeah, so there's, there could be some stuff there. Um, John has to react to Danny and either continue to fall in line or realize he doesn't have to be the perfect loyalist and mm. maybe this pushes him an edge to challenge Danny because not because he wants to be the leader because he's Mr. Good Guy and has to do the right thing is oh, I have to save the world from Danny well that's it we've we now have three three main characters who are always fighting for the underdogs and that's Tyrion, John, and Sansa three people who actually give a shit about shitty leaders and know what happened under shitty leaders and um who are always fighting for people who have been treated poorly like all three of them have hmm so, um, hmm. um, Arya is still around now. I think she's served her plot thing. I don't think she has anything. She wouldn't have anything big necessary left, no. to do. But they've put a lot of focus on her the last few episodes. Mm. She's been the the MVP of season eight. Yeah. So, and she's had her, but she's finished her arc now. That she's there won't be had her badass moments, yeah. and but also decided that revenge isn't a thing. What is she going to do now? Is she going to be like, oh... I keep telling you, assassin for the crown. <laughs> or marries Gendry. Yeah, maybe. No, uh, maybe, actually. Now she's decided revenge isn't worth pursuing. Mm. Um, And that's all the... I mean, Grey Worm, Davos, they don't really We have also much. haven't... Uh, like, we didn't see Brienne this episode, so does that mean she's got something interesting happening no, next episode? she's retired. She's just bodyguard for Sansa now. Her mm. arc's done. I guess. Yeah, so... But she didn't get an official goodbye or anything, so we at least haven't seen the last Well, we better get, you know, a slow motion epilogue to nice music. That would be nice. Of five years in the future where we're all enjoying ice cream and having a happy ending. (laughs) But then again, that's not really Thrones. Yeah, it's fascinating because it, you know, we've got the two competing ideologies with Mm. um, Game of Thrones versus A Song of Fire and Ice. What are these showrunners going to do? This episode is the first hint that they're like, nah, we, you know, we know it's Game of Thrones. We're not giving happy endings. Yeah. It's not going to be the the Danny and John show like everyone yeah. sort of expected. I mean, and if, you know, like we said last week, those two getting married would have solved all the problems because then Danny wouldn't be so salty. Well, that's true. But he seems to be getting a little cold on now, which is actually kind of sad because I did quite, I did quite like them together, you know, incest aside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so... One week to go mm. until it is all over. One of what will probably go down as one of the greater TV shows of all time. Um, it's all right. <laughs> she says, doing a spoiler cast. <laughs> what do you mean? You're the hugest apologist for Thrones. Well, this show took me like more than two seasons to get into it. Oh, and it. that's fair enough. It's slow going. You got to. The problem is. The tea, like the books were all point of view. Every chapter was a point of view. So you mm. understood what a character was thinking. We haven't had an insight into what the characters are thinking for two seasons now. So it's a bit hard to lock down some of the motives. But, mm. oh well. Uh, I don't know if I'd ever read the books if they came out. One rumor is they're all written and just waiting for the TV show to finish. That could very well releases be it, the yeah. books. That um, would make sense, actually, because otherwise people would be posting spoilers everywhere and would lose viewership, blah, blah, And blah. so he can... He goes, all right, well, here's where you end up, but my journey there is going to be different to mm. yours, which would be enough of a hook to maybe read it. I know, we'll find you out. You can just give me the cliff notes. I don't want to read that. Uh, 
Yeah, they're, they're hard reads. Because <laughs> I swear he would put in like seven more character arcs of people we know didn't matter. <laughs> Just well, on principle. I was reading the last books when early seasons of Thrones and he was, you know, things were starting to round into shape and he'd mm. start adding new plot threads. It's like, fuck off, mate. <laughs> like, oh, why? <laughs> uh, why? Anyway, that wraps up our spoiler cast for episode five, The Bells of Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. One week to go. One week to go. Please send us who you think is going to get on that throne. What is going to happen? Is Sansa the wild card? Will Danny rule under a fearful leadership after all? Will someone murder her and John will take her place instead? Will it be someone completely random? Is Brienne the next queen? <laughs> um, also, if Jamie dead and Cersei gone, does that mean Bronn's plotline is totally pointless? Thrones, of course it is. Yeah, sorry. Send us a tweet at goodpop underscore badpop with your thoughts for the final episode coming next week. This has been MT and it's still the of Until next week, we'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>